and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. This is the Nana. Of course, I am occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This man is your vice mayor, your Thunder State, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Jesse, are there are there more rule changes coming for MLB? Is that really going to happen? Why did you you think they didn't do enough in twenty twenty three? I think like, they, they I, clearly, well, I mean, clearly, clearly they clearly they need to do more. There, clearly, everyone, everyone understands. Clearly, this. see, this is what happens. I said it was a slippery slope. You start fiddling with the rules. Next thing you know. We're only going to have eight men on the field. Uh, only half of them are going to hit. Uh, there's going to be, you know, booby traps uh, in left field. Like, things are going to get crazy. But, of course, uh, there are more ad- additional rule changes potentially coming to MLB. And they're, of course, just just testing them, just just thinking about them. But what what are these rule changes that they're thinking about implementing? Yeah, so there's there's a number of of, of things uh, to varying degrees of, of importance. And these are just proposed changes as of right now. Nothing has been made official. Uh, but the one that is widely expected to be implemented for the 2024 season is a reduction in the time on the pitch clock while men are on base. Uh, so uh, currently 20 seconds, right? And the proposal has that going down to 18 seconds for the 2024 season and likely beyond. Um, it's interesting. I know I've I've heard a number of players say that uh, you know maybe you make both of them 20. I think maybe some people have proposed making both of them 15, whether they're men on base or not. Uh, but this would be, I guess, they're saying that the difference between them is too large, and we want we want 18 seconds with guys on base as opposed to 20, uh, just to make sure that pitchers don't linger too much in those situations. I guess maybe they felt that there was a little bit too much time. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, consistent with my experience. Uh, it's also hard to, I don't know, it's only two seconds. Like how much are we really impacting game times by going from 20 seconds to 18 seconds? But I feel like people said that about the rule changes this year, though, right? Like I feel like there was this case to be made before they were actually implemented that, you know, is it really going to shorten you know, baseball games that much? Is it really going to have that big of an impact? And it absolutely did. Yeah, it absolutely did. I felt like you could count on your two hands the number of three hour plus games the Diamondbacks had this season where it felt like in the past uh, it was more of the case with anything under three hours was was more of the of the case where you could count it on two hands. Right. So like uh, it, it immediately impacted the game and it and, you know, for the most part, everybody feels like that that was a better change. People like shorter baseball games. Baseball is a game that can tend to linger. You know, uh, there was a very funny. You video. just want the game over in an hour and a half, Derek. See, we get no, it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You're putting <laughs> words in my mouth. But Rob Friedman, I sent you the video earlier. Posted a hilarious video of essentially an entire half an inning taking place during a regular season game. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, on the other side of the video was a single uh, pitch being thrown by Pedro Baez, uh, and the the entire half an inning took place before Pedro Baez threw a pitch. And that's I think it says more about Pedro Baez than anything else. But uh, I think it was I think it was a spring training game on the other side. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it it was, was a comparing spring a spring training it was, game. Yeah, it wasn't apples and oranges, or it wasn't apples and apples, definitely. But it just yeah. it was a funny reminder of of how much faster the game moves with the pitch clock 
than it does when you just allow a pitcher like Pedro Baez to just completely monopolize your time and steal your day. Your time is important. Gabriel Ferrer in the comments says, I took a couple of friends to watch a game that hadn't been in a couple of years, and their reaction was, oh, wow, it's the ninth already. Yeah, yes. totally. And I mean, in some cases, we we both agree that, that some games just move too fast. There were times where we yeah. didn't even have time to get our, our work together. We're before. used to having a nice three yes, hours. Yeah, to yeah. We for need our that buffer. Yeah, we, have, we, have we did stats, not we, we did not have all of that together. time. <laughs> there are a couple of metrics that Major League Baseball is pointing to when when proposing this change. The average game time in April was uh two hours and thirty six minutes, according to this article from The Athletic, but peaked at two hours and forty four minutes in September. So as the season went on, games got a little bit longer, presumably because uh, pitchers kind of adjusted the clock and maybe they weren't quite so careful. They settled in a little bit more. Uh, So, you know, those two and a half hour game times that we saw early in the season were maybe a little bit indicative of of the players kind of overcorrecting maybe a little bit. And, And where's the more realistic uh, game time in the long term was maybe more like two hours and 42 hours and 45 minutes. That's more like what we saw at the end of the year. Um, the other thing that Major League Baseball is pointing to is that pitchers with runners on base uh, through delivered the pitch with an average of 7.3 seconds left on the clock, which is a decent amount of time, right? I guess you can make a case that that, that suggests that there is 20 seconds is more time than you actually need. And if we're going from 20 to 18, that still should be perfectly comfortable for pitchers if they're starting their delivery with 17 or with seven seconds on the clock anyway. Sure. So you can, you can understand where they're coming from here. I do think on the pitcher side of things, uh, like from the player's perspective, uh, there's some concern about pitcher injuries. That's been a topic of conversation quite a bit recently. And, you know, do we really want to uh, do we really want to implement more changes to reduce the amount of time that pitchers have, uh, you know, just to save a handful of minutes, if that when when it's all said and done. And that's the thing is, yeah, like all of this just kind of shaves some time. Like you said, the, the batter timeouts timed would go on a 15 or 18 second timer. Yeah, batter timeouts were not timed at all. Right. Which I, just... I did honestly always think was a little weird. It was like you've got a timer on you've got a timer on like the game itself but when you take a timeout then there is no timer well in a pitcher's situation yeah pitchers too right when sometimes when they walk off the mound or whatever that's going to be reduced uh they're no longer to delay the start of the clock by walking around the edge of the mound after a ball is out of play there's just like you said pitchers adapted they found ways that they could do things that were within the rules that still gave them that little break max scherzer was on foul territory yesterday foul territory of course friends of the show uh, and he talked about his concerns with pitcher injuries and like it's, he, you know, he's he's not wrong. Right. I mean, there there is. I well, think there, it's it's hard to say. I think the data there is a little bit inconclusive. If you just look at like but, if you just look at like the number and duration of pitcher injuries this year. They're on the higher end, but they're not they're not so much higher than we've seen in the past that clearly indicates the pitchers were more prone to injury just because of the pitch clock. What Max Scherzer talked about, and he was referencing some comments from uh, Dr. Neil El Trash. I'm hope I'm hopefully it's definitely not. No, it's definitely, it's definitely not. not El Trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I would change my name if I was Dr. L. Trash. 
It's like James Outland being a you know, position player. It doesn't just, make any it's sense. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, there's another there's another doctor name that he was also quoting, uh, which I don't have I don't have recorded here. But suffice it to say, these are these are doctors who perform uh, some of the most important surgeries on pitchers. And yes, you're you're right that I'm completely butchering that name in this moment. Um, but what those doctors were saying was that the uh was it the severity of the injuries that they encountered when doing these procedures was more significant than what they've seen in the past so maybe the volume of injuries hasn't changed but the severity of the injuries maybe has changed yeah and that's what max scherzer uh that's what max scherzer was pointing to and there's also been this conversation about how we we want to preserve starting pitchers in this game uh fans don't like bullpen games right there's this sense that like we we really have this degree of appreciation for pitchers who can go you know six innings every time out and why would we want to endanger those same guys by making them throw pitches more quickly than is ideal for them so max scherzer expressed some some concern along these lines it's hard like i said with the data i don't I don't know that there is conclusive data on this, oh, and that's what Major League Baseball has come back with, is that we don't have any data that actually says that you know the pitch clock has an impact on pitcher injuries. The idea here is that I think a pitcher has to throw the ball before they're ready in some cases, and they're putting some stress on their on their arm, whatever part it may be, if they are, you know, they're experiencing some sort of discomfort, right? Which happens because it's it's hard to throw a baseball a hundred times uh at like 95 miles an hour and and not have your arm ache a little bit at times during the game and not go through those ups and downs and sometimes a pitcher just needs a moment right and i think that's kind of the idea there is that now you're forcing them to not give themselves that moment because they don't have it because the game is taking that out whether or not that actually impacts if a pitcher was going to get injured or not is a whole other thing right but it could be just the idea here of that rapid repetition that that could put the stress on on arm and and we could see an increase in pitchers being injured but we we won't know that until we have some conclusive data and and that takes time right Right. that takes time to show that right so but i mean the reason why i say it's a it's, it's a valid concern because logically it does make sense what he's saying right um but i mean honestly i feel like they've tested that and i feel like because they do have a vested interest in the health of these players that MLB wouldn't be putting these the risk out there if they wouldn't have already had these conversations with medical professionals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this and this is not the only, the 20 to 18 seconds thing is not the only uh, proposed change. And again, these are just proposals as of right now. Sure. Uh, so none, none of this stuff is officially, you know, locked in for 2024. It sounds like the reduced uh, pitch timer with men on base is very likely to happen from what we've heard. Um, but yeah, there's the batter timeouts thing uh, that you already mentioned where that would be on a clock. Uh, there's a, a rule that pitchers must work exclusively from the stretch with runners on base. Uh, apparently, there were some issues with pitchers doing kind of a hybrid uh, between the windup and and the stretch. And um, that created a little bit of confusion as it relates to the pitch clock. And so uh, Major League Baseball wants to limit that. I don't think players will like that at all. Um, reducing mound visits from five per game to four per game. That's an interesting one. That one's interesting, yeah. Uh, you feel like that, I mean, there were definitely times this year where the Diamondbacks were sort of running low. I mean, that is something you don't see often where teams run out of that, but it it does it does happen in certain situations. 
um, the timer resetting to two minutes rather than 2.15 when a new pitcher is entering the game. Uh, pitchers no longer being permitted to delay the start of the clock by walking around the edge of the mound after a ball is out of play. I think you alluded to that one earlier. Um, and then this one is is especially interesting to me, a requirement that a pitcher who warms up like on the field, not a pitcher who warms up in the that's bullpen. What, okay, I was wondering about that because I was like, wait yeah, a minute, what are we doing here? <laughs> Any pitcher who warms up in the bullpen has, has to, to face, face at least one batter. <laughs> uh, no, that is not that is not what this rule says. But it does say that if you bring in a pitcher who warms up on the field uh, in between innings, that pitcher has to uh, has to throw at least one pitch or has to face at least one batter, I guess is, is what this says. And is that to keep from like the kind of chess game that Tory was playing with Paven Smith, for instance, yeah. where he would put him out there? Yeah, it would prevent pitchers or teams from having pitchers come out to warm up and then wait for the opposing team's hitter to be announced and then deciding, oh, wait, we actually want to have so-and-so come in and pitch instead. Ah. Um, I think Major League Baseball cited like 20 or something situations of this uh, where pitchers uh, came out to warm up but then did not face at least one batter, and each of those resulted in like three minutes of dead time. And you know three minutes of dead time I mean, Rob, Rob Manfred, like major league, like they just, that. they cannot have that at no, this point. No, so, absolutely not. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah. Time is money now, Jesse. It's like Elise says, I love the pitch clock. I would watch the games without it, but man, what an improvement it made for the pace. And the Diamondbacks kind of benefited from the rule changes, you know, here after that first year, right? Am I wrong? I mean, the, the Diamondbacks definitely uh, had more picks from timer violations than any other team. Right. And not to mention the fact that we saw the chaos created. You could attribute a little bit to the pitch clock, a little bit to the bigger bags, a little bit to everything. But it seemed to kind of work out in the Diamondbacks favor. And, you know, we also saw them uh, have less errors than they've ever had in a season and, and some other things there that that felt like just overall that the Diamondbacks were one of the better teams as far as taking advantage of the rules last year. Yeah, they really were. Uh, yeah, you said it earlier. Kind of kind of funny. They had more pitch timer violations committed against them than any than any other team. Yep. So they were, <laughs> in that sense, uh, the, the new rules were a net positive for them. They committed uh, 34, uh, and I think they had a, something in the mid-50s committed against them. Uh, so they were, yeah, they came out way on the positive. We're fucking there. dangerous when it comes to knowing the rules. <laughs> uh, it was somewhat interesting to look up which Diamondbacks players committed the most pitch timer violations. This wasn't really something that I I knew off the top of my head mm-hmm. going in. Um, but Merrill yeah, Kelly, Merrill Kelly had the most of any pitcher with four. That, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Merrill no? Kelly is the he was the most vocal opposer of the pitch clock in the first place sure. and continued to be all season long. So. And he had less time to adjust because of the whole WBC yeah, uh, that's a good point situation yeah. in spring training. Um, of all the D-backs hitters, this one was really really interesting to me. Emmanuel Rivera had more pitch timer violations than any D-backs hitter with three. It was only three. We Stanuel? Uh, that, that, we Stanuel? What happened? Yeah, I don't... I. I I don't really remember those. Like that didn't really stand out to me. But uh, apparently, Merrill Kelly and, and Emmanuel Rivera were your your two worst pitch timer offenders uh, on the Diamondbacks. Not very say, professional. Hitter I want to say he had two and like one at bat or something <laughs> weird happened at one game. Maybe two in one game. But yeah, no, I, I do remember him having a couple. But yeah, not very many. Diamondbacks committed thirty four as a team, which ranks sixteenth in baseball. Uh, the Mariners had the fewest. With 15, which is impressive. They had way fewer than any other team. That's crazy. I think the next lowest was 25, and the Mariners were way down there wow. at 15. Yeah. 
And then yeah. the Mets had the most with 55. You want to guess which which player? It's a pitcher. It's a reliever. I'll give you that hint. Which reliever in baseball committed more pitch timer violations than anyone else? Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> I think he, Let's go. he had uh, he had like three in one inning Let's in one go. save situation against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's that was, why I remember him. That was in the regular season. Uh, at, I think it was at Chase Field. There was one... I think he still got the save, but he committed multiple. I think it was three pitch timer violations in that one appearance. So yeah, he had a he had a, a, a bit of a bit of a problem there. But even he had thirteen, I think, in the entire season, which is a lot. I mean, that means on average one out of every five or so appearances, yeah. four or five appearances. That is that is on the higher end. But yeah, I mean, like D backs committed thirty four of these of these violations the entire season. You're averaging, yeah, about one every five games as a team. That's that's not super prohibitive or disruptive to the game, right? I know a lot of people were were concerned about that going in. Pitch timer violations had really faded off significantly by the end of the year, bordering on being, you know, pretty much non-existent. So uh, as far on that front, it seems like the rule changes were were a big success. Everyone, I think, really liked the pitch clock. At least the vast majority of people liked the pitch clock, and the violations really, really. Uh, you know, just kind of, uh, there just weren't that many once we got, once we got close to the end of the season. You and I attended a meeting with MLB at the beginning of the year to discuss the the rules. And one of their big focuses was the fact that this wasn't going to impact the game as much as people thought it was going to other than yeah, making the game move quicker, making the pace move faster. And honestly, that I, I, I've never seen this many rules implemented into a sport all kind of at once that really did change it that really didn't like have a lot of blowback didn't have a lot of pushback after a while i mean you still had people like kelly you know who had some things negative things to say about it and just max scherzer who refuses to kind of accept it and and want to you know blame injuries that probably sure. most likely would have happened anyway on on the rule changes but for the most part, I feel like they accomplished their goal extremely well. And I think that this was actually a very smooth transition. So much so that now, look at they're continuing to tinker and they're cr- trying to see yeah. what else they can do. They're not even they're not even trying to give it multiple seasons before they're considering additional yeah. rule changes, right? And that's where there's some controversy because I think some players are like, if this was such a such a you know raging success in in the first year, why do we have to go through and make eight different changes, you know, for, for the next season, I I can sort of see MLB side of, you know, like if there are changes uh, that we can make that we feel wouldn't really disrupt things, but would just are small changes that would still make things better. I can understand the desire to do those things, but yeah, one year does seem uh, it's pretty fast. Like there's, there's already been so much change. Maybe you'll leave it alone for a few years and then circle back to, uh, to what people like and don't like once you have a little bit more data and people have had more experience with it. Uh, but that's not the way that, that Rob Manfred and, and company have been operating, right? I mean, they, they the see changes cl- and they want to they want to execute them immediately. The shot clock's been 24 seconds in basketball for how long, right? I mean, they're going to completely ruin rap songs from the 90s if they go and change that and alter it. But like the point <laughs> is, is yeah, they probably could move basketball games along a little faster or whatever if they made those tweaks. But why? It works. It gives them the proper pace of play and, and that's it, right? And I feel like that's what baseball achieved. Baseball, in fact, achieved a way of making the sport better 
without really impacting it a whole lot as far as the product on the field. If anything, yeah. they achieve their goals of increasing offense. They achieve their goals of shaving down game times and averages across the league. You know, there's a lot of things here that were positive. Stolen bases were up, things like that. Like everything they wanted to do worked. You know, just let it play out for more than one season. Yeah. You know? And I mean, then maybe I, I get it. I, it's easier probably to make the changes like now and try to get it to where they want it to be rather than continuing to tinker with it over a 10 year period of time. But I don't see really a reason at this point to change it much because I've actually had some people say like, wow, that game went really fast. And that's not something that you typically heard about baseball in the past. I mean, an actual time of game of like two hours and five minutes is, is kind of crazy. And there's some people that might like baseball enough, like this guy over here that, that don't want to see those games that short, but well, know. I mean, I'm not, I, I just am not unilaterally in favor of everything that makes the game shorter because I Correct. like, I like baseball and I don't, yeah. I don't need it to be over after, I mean, I was, after I, 60 minutes or something, but it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like the DH for me, right? Like I liked the strategy of pitchers, right? Sure, sure. I like the idea of it. having a shitty hitter in your lineup that you have to account for, but <laughs> you know, it's like, I knew the whole time that having a DH was going to make the game more fun and better and increase offense and do all of that stuff. It's just, I like the strategy of the pitcher being in the lineup. I like good hitters that are pitchers. I liked all of that stuff. So, but yeah. it doesn't mean that I wasn't accepting of the rule change to the DH and like deep down inside, like I said, I knew it was better for the game and it was, you know, it's, it's better. We want to see yeah. a guy that can hit in there rather than a pitcher struggling to lay down a bunt or, or, you know, basically get struck out on three straight pitches when the team has a rally going and, and now this this clown's up trying to hit, right? You know, <laughs> so it, it is what it is. But uh, don't forget, I'm, I'm not forgetting about you, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, you're getting our OG's uh, performance to forget just for uh, the season. I feel like had. I should get the OG's performance to forget Why's for that? my pronunciation. of Yeah, Jesse, <laughs> we'll throw Jesse in there too for Dr. Neil L. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> What's driving me nuts now, I've heard that, I've heard the name pronounced before and i know i know it's not el trash what is it but i can't figure out what it is so in my head like el trash like i can't come up with any alternative is it It, el is it like is it like attache is it like el El trash yeah no, I mean, you're just trying to say trash with a little accent on the <laughs> e over the end, but it is what it is. Uh, see, if you're like Jesse and you don't know how to say names, you know, a good place to start is with OG's brands because then you can blame it on the OG's and say, that's why I call you, you Dr. L Trash. But again, Craig Kimbrell, performance to forget. OG's brands will help you forget some of those bad performances, but they'll also help you around the holidays to get over some of that stress. Maybe if you have some sleepless nights or maybe you just want to add to the fun. Uh, you can check out our friends at OG's Brands. Of course, they are back at it at this time of the year, giving you some exclusive deals here for our PHNX listeners, and they've made it super easy for you to score some savings. You can get 25% off any OG's products at your neighborhood Zen Leaf location from now until November 30th when you place an online order and use our code of PHNX. Just head to Zen Leaf. Uh, dispensaries.com find your closest location order your favorite og's gummies for pickup and enter discount code phnx to get 25 percent off at checkout the deal is exclusive to our phnx listeners and reminder it's available only for online and pickup orders discount code phnx is active until november 30th you know what's what's on thursday it's thanksgiving um we, we can have this talk, but I don't think we really need to have this talk. I think we have a basic understanding here of how important having some OG's brands in your life 
could be this Thursday. So again, <laughs> make sure to not miss out on that opportunity. But very excited uh, to announce that we are partnering with Arizona Lottery. Jesse, I love scratchers. I love scratchers. Right I love up, scratchers right up, so right much. Scratchers are the best. Uh, they are my favorite thing uh, to give during the holiday season. I love to fill my wife's stocking with scratchers. Uh, and I love to get scratchers because, yes, I get it. They're not all going to be winners. But what if one of them is a winner? What if you win $5,000, $10,000, up to $50,000 uh, this holiday season? Top prizes top out at half a million dollars. So do not miss out on holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery. They make last minute shopping easy for you procrastinators like this guy next to me that wait until Christmas Eve uh, for some inexplicable reason. You can stop anywhere that's open, any convenience store, supermarket, and grab yourself some holiday scratchers as a perfect gift uh, for your friends. Scratchers start out at just $1. Uh, and of course, you can get scratchers for everyone on your list. So make sure uh, to stop by anywhere that dispenses those Arizona lottery scratchers and get some today. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. All right. Well, of course, uh, here's the thing. We we have some more free agents to talk about, but one of the guys we want to talk about just got picked up today by the St. Louis Cardinals, Kyle Gibson. Uh, uh, I'm not going to attack him for his age, but let's say a veteran uh, in the league who was with the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles signs a one-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. So, uh, players are the players are on the move. Things are happening. We're getting to that time of the year where these free agents are all starting to sign. We talked a little bit about a lot of this, a lot, a lot of major deals maybe not happening until uh, the winter meetings. But those winter meetings are right around the corner here uh, in December. So once those happen, we can really see some of the big names start to move. But that doesn't mean we might not see some names come off the board early because some of these teams are looking to secure these deals with these guys. And uh, in some cases, the talks might have been. Uh, going on for a while but yeah Kyle Gibson's uh, signing with the Cardinals what are your thoughts yeah I I think Kyle Gibson is pretty pretty underrated yeah. uh, generally across the game I mean last season with Baltimore his 473 ERA is is not not inspiring necessarily doesn't jump off the page but he gave them 192 innings and there's a lot of value and yeah. there's not that many guys yeah. who who do that at, at this point right uh, it is kind of funny that Aaron Nola had a 4.46 ERA last year and almost the exact same number of innings as Kyle Gibson and Aaron Nola gets 172 million and Kyle Gibson gets I think it's 12 million for one year with a team option um, even though their ERAs like weren't actually that different last year. Uh, yeah, Kyle Gibson's 36. He he is significantly older than Aaron Nola. Obviously, that's a it's a big part of that. And Nola's track record is a little bit better. But um, yeah, he he's just been a, a solid pitcher in this league for a long time. He had a 4.13 FIP in 2023. I think he's better than that high fours ERA indicates. And I mean, you look at his last few years. I mean, you know, 2022 wasn't great, but again, he had a relatively low FIP. 2021, he had a 3.71 ERA. Uh, in 30 starts over 180 innings that season as well. So, yeah, just a solid, solid pitcher. I, I think a guy who, you know, doesn't doesn't get his flowers as, as much as he probably should. If you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, uh, you may or may not be excited about this. <laughs> Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are not. It's not exactly. The, Don't look at uh, the stats. Don't go to the baseball reference page. Don't go to the baseball <laughs> savant page. Just trust the process. At this point, the Cardinals I think really need to get one of the headliner starting pitchers that's on the market because they came into the offseason and it certainly looked like they needed three guys. That's, I believe, what they said, that they needed three guys in their starting rotation. Yeah. And they have two of them. 
And neither of those guys are the kind of needle movers that get you from, you know, the kind of season that the Cardinals just had back to where they want to go. I'm not going to, I don't want to knock either one of these guys, but I didn't really even want to do a free agency frenzy piece on either one, to be honest, because they weren't exactly the kind of guys I wanted the Diamondbacks to target either. Sure. We uh, we knew both of them would kind of be on a short-term deal like they got, and we knew both of them were not exactly the best fit with the Diamondbacks plan. You know, we were hoping, especially to go in the direction of younger, if we're going to go like a longer term, especially maybe try to get a pitcher in here for a number of years that can help this team compete over this, you know, next five-year span, right? But, yeah, um, yeah it's not to say that, that Kyle Gibson doesn't still have something to offer, but it does feel like the Cardinals who were last in their division last year need, need more than, than Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn for sure. In order to help them get out of where they're at, they're not exactly rebuilding. They have a, they have a team, a solid team offensively. They just need to try to bring in some pieces here to help them, you know, pitching wise. And, and I don't know if these guys are the answer. Yeah, I mean they they traded away right Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery, right? And so far yeah, they've replaced like... them with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Which yeah, what are we you doing? Know, here? I, I know Jack Flaherty didn't have a great season, but yeah, they it hasn't they haven't exactly moved the needle, uh, you know, significantly in their direction at this point. So I I still think the Cardinals will will probably get one of the headliner guys, and this will start to make a little more sense. Is but it, is it bad that I hope they don't? Is it bad that I just want them to sink to the bottom of their division for multiple years? And I, I think that's exactly what happiness. I would. That's exactly what I would expect from you. It'd be completely out of character if yeah, it was anything okay. else. That's fine. So. That's fine. Uh, but hey, speaking of guys that the Diamondbacks moved on from, they one of those guys happens to be, or not Diamondbacks, but the Cardinals moved on from. Uh, that happens to be a person who we both feel that the Diamondbacks should target, but might not really be in the market for because his services are going to be in high demand, and there's a good chance he is going to receive a considerable amount of money. Uh, that pitcher would be Jordan Montgomery, who is from the World Series champion Texas Rangers, and that made me almost throw up in my mouth a little What's bit. What's your deal, man? That. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I don't Oh. I feel bad. I really if I had bad. said I that, you would have gotten bad. so angry. I would have me. demanded that you leave the studio. I feel like I should demand that I leave the studio. What are we even doing here? Uh, but let's take a look at Jordan Montgomery and if he would be a good fit for the Arizona Diamondbacks because he he did have kind of a uh, he had an up and down season just because his season was a bit erratic with the St. Louis Cardinals and then being moved over to the Texas Rangers through a trade uh, and then kind of blossoming there with the Rangers. It's not to say he didn't have good numbers with the Cardinals, but uh, he really fit in there with the Rangers and ended up becoming a, a extremely valuable piece for them during their postseason run. Yeah, I mean, 188 and two thirds innings. Another guy like like Gibson, like Nola. Uh, you know, one of those few starting pitchers that that really can you know is pretty durable and has a track record of of being able to give you some some real innings. Uh, a 3.20 ERA, a 1.19 WHIP in 2023. He was especially good after the trade to the Rangers in the middle of the season. I think he had a 2.87 ERA in 11 starts with Texas down the stretch. So. Uh, he certainly made himself some money uh, with the second half that he had. And as you said, the way that he pitched in the postseason, uh, he wasn't all that great in that start against the D-backs. The D-backs had some success against him. Uh, they got four runs on nine hits against him over six innings. But prior to that, he was you know, a really big part of why the Rangers were, were able to win the World Series, a, a 2-6-3 ERA in the postseason overall. This is a guy who's, who's going to get 
I think it's pretty clear he's going to get nine figures. It's just a matter of, you know, what exactly that number is when all is said and done. Yeah, he is one of the best left-handed pitchers available on the free agent market, if not arguably, potentially. Uh, not the best, but he's right Blake up there. Snell Blake is Snell is probably number one. Blake yeah. Snell is number one. I mean, we got Erod as well, but I mean, there's not a lot of lefties available on the market. Uh, Imanaga, another one that Jacob was a big fan of. Uh, we talked about that the other day, but... Uh, Montgomery is a Boris client, which means, of course, that he is going to fetch a high price. They know how to negotiate. Aaron Nola got seven years, $172 million. Uh, chances are that this will be Jordan Montgomery's f- not final contract, right? Like, final big contract. He's 31 years old, or he will turn 31 on December 27th, so he'll be 31 yeah. prior to next year. So this is absolutely uh, one of those cases where after appearing in the World Series and after having the season that he had, this I know I know for me personally as a player this would be the year I'm looking to really get that big contract. Should we be concerned that Craig Morgan? Yeah, I don't like, like that. That made me. He just came in just here and, he took, and, took, and a so he took a of picture us, of us and then he left. and then just walks out. Wow. Like, should we drag him back in here and make him explain himself? Is that a threat? It's a fucking <laughs> weird thing. Like it puts you in an awkward position. My hands are tied. He knows I can't go over there and physically assault him right now, right? So it's a great time to take a picture of me. I'm kind of held captive here. Um, but yeah, now I got to get my, like, I'm just going to sit here. I can't think about Jordan Montgomery because I'm just going to wonder what Craig is doing with that picture right now as we speak. But So so Montgomery, or so Aaron Nola got seven years, $172 million. Yeah, You think he'll get more? I don't know. Montgomery will not get more than Nola. Okay. I feel pretty confident about that. He just doesn't have the track record that Nola has. Five years? I think five, yeah. Five years is is kind of what I'm expecting. I could maybe see six happening. I feel like the AAV would be a little bit lower than what Nola got, which was like 24.5-ish, 24.7, something like that. So, yeah, you're looking at from Jordan Montgomery, you're looking at, Five and one ten, maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't, six I, and something similar. Six and one hundred and thirty-ish. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably along the lines of what you're looking at there. Uh, you think you have enough in your wallet there? I'll, I'll stop by the ATM on the way out, but we can make this shit happen. <laughs> Five and hundred and ten. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that. I'll pull it out of the bank right now. We'll I'm sorry, Derek. It it's million. I, oh, I, should have, oh, I should have said million. Ten dollars. No. Yeah, you're right. No, I don't have that cash on me or in my account. But the D backs have do. the D backs have some money to spend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Gambo uh, on Burns and Gambo the other day said that he wouldn't be surprised if the D-backs wound up north of 150 million in payroll, okay. which they only have about 100 on the books right, right now, right including now. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, so that's a lot. Yeah, I, I would personally be maybe a little surprised if that happened. I was a little surprised to hear Gambo say that. But if the D-backs are in fact going to spend 50 million dollars. Uh, this winter, you know, on like on an annual basis, you probably could find room. Yeah. For a guy like Jordan Montgomery in there, if you wanted to, that doesn't seem very expensive. This seems like that's like what you know JD Martinez was going to get, and then we turned that down, and then it ended up seeming ridiculous that we did that after he left, right? So uh, I think to add some somebody for the next five years that could potentially help this Diamondbacks team have a substantially good starting rotation that would be four strong. Uh, and then you can find a lot of options for that fifth starter, but those four—that's that's a that's a strong starting rotation. Yeah, Gallon, Kelly, Montgomery, and uh, and Brandon Fott. So I'm, I I'm feel like he's that. more of a 
he's more of a mid rotation guy for sure. me than like a top of the rotation yeah, guy. Like after Kelly, probably like yeah, Brandon fought. He would slide in pretty well as a number three starter, and there's some consistency here. Like he had a three two O ERA this year. He had a three four eight last year. He had a three eight three the year before that. Um, he had some uh, didn't have a good year uh, during the pandemic, but you know that's sort of whatever. Uh, dealt with some injuries the the couple of years before that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's had a pretty decent track record of being a solid starter, not an ace, but a solid starter in this league. Do you want to give a solid non ace starting pitcher $120 million or whatever it winds up being? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is no for the Diamondbacks, even if that's money that they could theoretically afford to spend. But a not we'll insubstantial see. amount of money. It's a not an insubstantial. It is, amount it is of money. not insubstantial. Imagine once true. you teach him the Robert Beshans football slider, Jesse, he'll be unstoppable. <laughs> get him into the system. Just get him into the system is all I'm saying. Um, well, of course, we thank you guys for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Uh, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Le leave us a thumbs up. Drop us a like, as Gabby would say. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, I assure you, Gabriel Moreno just stopped by to tell everybody to drop a like. I know you can't see that, but you'll just have to trust me on that one. Make sure you subscribe there. Leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate that uh, as well. And make sure to grab a shirt from the phnxlocker.com. You know, a big sale is right around the corner. So go over there and make sure to stock up. Get your, get your loved ones some loved shirts from PHNX. Uh, also, check out BetMGM, of course, if you haven't done so already. Uh, football season is here, college football, college basketball, all of that is right here right now. It's a great time to hop on the Sportsbook app and win yourself some money. Uh, you can sign up with our code of PHNX, and if you do, you will get $200 in bonus bets instantly just by playing a qualifying wager of at least $10. All you have to do is download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit betmgm.com. Sign up with the code PHNX. Once you do, you just deposit at least $10 into your newly created account and bet at least $10 at a standard odds price on a qualifying bet. Once you have done so, you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Uh, just cashed in on, of course, all of my future bets, uh, which was basically a bunch of Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year. But that was a beautiful part about it is I could just keep betting on it and betting on it and betting on it and just adding more money to my eventual there you go. My windfall. So there you, go. Uh, you can do so too. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Maybe place a future Rookie of the Year bet on Jordan Lawler, perhaps. Who knows? Place your first bet MGM Sportsbook wager through the Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 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 
He's nailing it. Uh, Gila River Resorts and Casinos. I planned my own boys trip, and I'm not including Damon. That's the way it works. But I am stealing <laughs> Jesse, and we're going to go uh, and have a great time. And you can, too. Jesse, how could you? Yeah, I get invited to everything. everything. He does. I He's a popular it. guy. It's, it's He's a popular fantastic. Guy. Jesse, what the hell, man? I thought you turned your back on me. I thought we were doing this without Derek. Ah, uh, see? You know what? I'll still go with you. He has no loyalty. Yeah, I'm just, has no I'm loyalty. Also, but I thought this was an us thing, not yeah. like a yeah, no, Jesse gets you made, gets you made it You made it into a selfish thing. I wanted to go with everybody. I wanted to go with all the boys, you know, but see, this is what happens is now we just, we got multiple staycations planned at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Uh, and, and that's what we live here. So we can do that. If you want to not take me, I'll go on my own weekend. Uh, and no matter what, I'm going to have a good time because they have an unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement that you just won't get anywhere else. Uh, of course, they have state of the art, art gaming floor that has over 800 slot machines, which I absolutely love now i'm a big uh lotus flower guy by the way uh just for my other fellow lotus heads out there uh 15 blackjack tables live game tables and of course arizona's largest casino sports book so uh of course uh you can be jet flying uh kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun over at gila river resorts and casinos uh they have uh their Dining ranges from upscale to approachable with their rooftop restaurant, Prime A Shula Steakhouse, uh, or you can grab a cocktail and get a quiet bite by the pool. All these options. Of course, I'm telling you, staycation, best place you can find here in the Valley. Uh, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details, especially if you have family coming into town, if they're staying with you. Maybe you go stay at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Let them take over your house, uh, and you you enjoy your time here during this holiday season. But, uh, of course, the D-backs made it much more enjoyable for members of their staff to enjoy their holiday season. Uh, the D-backs receive their share of the World Series postseason uh I guess you could say player pool, right? It's a total player pool of $107.8 million that is shared amongst all of the teams that made the postseason. Yep. Bob, Bob Nightingale reported that this is the amount that the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, who made it the furthest, obviously, uh, will will share with their players and their staff. Now, this amount, uh, this the Diamondbacks uh, have a National League pennant share uh, of $313,634, uh, and that's 71 shares of that, right? So that is that amount, Jesse, $313,000 that they are able to essentially share with uh, their staff, uh, clubbies, chefs, people in the organization, coaches, right? And that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's a lot of money for some of these guys. That's an incredible amount of money for... I mean, it's even good for some of the players that don't really make that much money, you know, by comparison to some of the superstars. But, man, that's life changing money for some of some of those guys within the organization. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool that uh, the, I mean, the way the process works is the players basically get to decide how they're going to distribute that money. Right. Um, so I think you saw that the Rangers had 61 shares, the full shares that were distributed. The Diamondbacks had 71 um, I don't know exactly, you know, how many of, of each type of person got this money, the clubbies and, and the staff and the coaches and all that. Right. Because they can um, from that point, the, the team ends up creating the shares and then each player will get like a full share. But then they can like break the shares down into half shares, maybe yeah. for clubbies and for team chefs and coaches. Right. And stuff, right. Yeah. It is interesting that it, it appears that which player you are doesn't have any bearing on this process at all whatsoever. Uh, so whether you're whether you're Corbin Carroll or, you know, you're Jace Peterson, like wow. it, it appears that everyone gets the exact same 
uh, share of, of this money, which is interesting that the way that the, the process works. Yeah. But yeah, it's also really cool that, you know, some of those staff members that you talked about. Um, where Saul, Saul's leaving right now. I was just going to ask him, Saul, where's our bonus share for how far the Diamondbacks made a, it? That's a fair in question. In the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, question. Uh, apparently, according to this, uh, people on the team get $313,000. So how much uh, how much of that money are we seeing for bonuses for me and Jesse? Um, you get you get a share per supplemental content. So there's, there's not much. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god that was, a, that was a burn that was Derek. a sick burn right i don't like that at all but i oh there's some supplemental content we can find out there right <laughs> one share per supplemental content i could find something i think we, uh, we might be rich yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying i'm saying in the but shorts also, department but also maybe not we because you just said for you and jesse right uh, there as I, if i'm just not a part of the team i really did leave him out didn't i and, and patrick yeah. deserves a little bit yeah well We'll give it. We'll give him a quarter share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll give Damon a little half share. Yeah, we'll, a little half share, quarter share for I was Jesse thinking, Jr. I was thinking an eighth. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll figure it. If you're out. feeling generous. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, like of course, it's not even going to say like a full share to some of these players of three hundred thirteen thousand dollars is insignificant by any stretch of the imagination because yeah. that could be what some of the guys on the lower end of the pay scale receive. Uh, in annual, you know, in annual income. But for some of these guys, uh, that's just an incredible, you know, got to be an incredible, you know, feeling to have your organization share share some of that with you. Yeah. Uh, especially if, you know, your your job might be seen as less significant and you don't really feel that love all the time. Yeah. And I mean, of course, this is this is all the player pool that we're talking about. The Diamondbacks as an organization uh, also gain a substantial amount of right. money. Yeah, this isn't this, this has nothing to do with the economic windfall that they're talking about for appearing right. in the World Series. This is merely just the player pool that is directly for players. And like Jesse said, they absolutely determine how they how they split it up, how many shares there are, and then even there beyond that, how the shares per- potentially are split up and and who they go to within the organization. But yeah, it's, it's for staff, it's for players, it's for coaches, it's for uh, like I said, uh, team uh, usually. Like they said here, clubbies, trainers, team chefs, et cetera, player, uh, it's cool. people in the organization like that. Yeah, yeah, it really is a it really is a game changing experience for them. Not just you know this financial bonus that that they get here at, at the end, and uh, but also just the the process of getting to this point. I mean, yeah. a lot of these people have been working for the Diamondbacks for a long time yeah. and have been yeah. through you know some pretty rough seasons yeah. uh, to get to this yeah. point because we so. know a lot of people in the organization have been there the entire time we've covered yeah. the team I've, I've been around for a while myself so i know that some of the clubbies and some of the people have, have been there the entire time i have uh and also half a share is still over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. yeah i'd I be perf- damn near i'd be perfectly with that, content you know? with half a share yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> crazy but uh, of course, yeah, we don't see any of that money, as you saw from the saw. We'll have to figure that out. I'll get some lawyers <laughs> involved or something. But uh, I, I do implore you to go check out our shirts over at the phnxlocker.com. You can get this wonderful shirt. We're fucking dangerous. Of course, we have our answer back shirt. We have the wagon shirt. We have our brand new Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year shirt, all that you can get over at the phnxlocker.com. Of course, if you are a diehard member, you'll get 20% off. And like I said, we might have a sale coming up for you. As you know, it's Black Friday right around the corner. Uh, but if you're not a diehard member yet, sign up today. You'll get a free t-shirt of your choice over at the phnxlocker.com. And of course, you have to pick a Diamondbacks one. That's the way it works. If you heard it here, it's you're, you're obligated to pick a Diamondbacks one. However, we won't get too mad at you if you pick any other shirt in the locker. You also get 
access to Jesse's uh, diehard only newsletter, which he does have his mailbag coming up soon. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. You also get access to our members only Discord lounge, uh, discounts with our partners and so much more. So make sure to sign up today, become a member, join the family. Of course, another great family to join is the Desert Financial Credit Union family. Uh, they got me started on my home ownership uh, journey, which I want to pay off with those shares, those half shares that I should get from the team. Uh, <laughs> but of course, you can also get started on your home ownership uh, journey as well. Uh, Desert Financial Credit Union has mortgages, loans, credit cards, checking and savings accounts, investment options, and so much more. Uh, for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted credit union, and they have your best interest in mind when it comes to your financial decisions and your financial journey. So look to Desert Financial for all of your financial needs and join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing, sharing success with its members. Of course, you can open a checking uh, account for free right now online, and if you do, you will get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200 to find out more information. Uh, also, if you want to uh, keep some more money in your pocket, you can go ahead and join the inner circle for free over at Circle K by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. But should you do that, you will receive 25 cents off per gallon on your first five Phillips. Gas is getting very cheap right now, but of course, that shouldn't stop you from saving even more by signing up for the Inner Circle program right now. You'll also save three cents per gallon every day after that. You'll get all sorts of uh, coupons and free offers sent to you through the app, through email, and you'll also get buy five, get the sixth one free on a select of Circle K products like pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. So do not sleep on the inner circle. Join the free membership today. Well, that's all we have. Of course, we will still be here keeping an eye on this free agency market and seeing how things change as the options uh, continue to, to get more and more limited for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But you can follow us in the meantime. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac next to me is at Jesse N. Friedman. Of course, <laughs> uh, the people's producer is Damon. He's a Damon dog. That's D-A-W-G. We are Damon's dogs. Uh, arf, arf. Bark, bark. Bark, bark. All right. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Today. All right. Uh, of course, uh, our show's at PHNX underscore DVACs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for your time. We appreciate you stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it is so much more fun when you stop changing the goddamn rules on me.